against uh, in Dallas, Texas last year, October 9th against OU. That was probably the most relaxed I was for a game. And it was a different experience. Um, we talk about it a lot, but you basically go into like a meditation state. I don't know how to ex explain it, but um, I get really relaxed before games in the warm-ups. Uh, yesterday, um, we had a, a staff member named Aura. He runs the head of the uh, media and graphics. And he was like, are you ready for the game? Are you excited? And uh, I was like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it and talking about it. So, no, I really don't get nervous. Well, I think that holds up to scrutiny. Uh, I know they lost the game, but it wasn't because of his effort. What the, He went, what? Five he was 20 of 34, 388, five touchdowns. All in all, he played a pretty good game that day, and... Um, uh, still couldn't pull off the uh, the victory somehow. But I would say that he was relaxed and letting it fly that day, made a couple of really nice throws, a couple of really nice deep balls. Uh, that one on the Texas uh, end zone down there in the corner uh, on that crossing route was a really nice throw. Five touchdowns, no interceptions, pretty impressive. Why would you be nervous if – the first play of the game, you can just throw a little screen out there and yeah. your wide receiver can take it 75 yards without getting touched. I wouldn't be nervous either. Yeah, no doubt. You were up 28-7 uh, at one point. Or just, I mean, throw a little screen out there or then just throw it as far as you can. And what, Josh Moore or uh, why am I blanking on the other receiver that's back this year? Xavier Worthy can just run under it for a touchdown. Yeah, I wouldn't be nervous either. That's what happened last year. Yeah. Your, here's how your first uh, several drives of the game went. Uh, first drive, one play, 75 yards, touchdown. Uh, next drive, two plays, two yards, touchdown. Then you had to punt, and then you went three plays for 51 yards, touchdown, and then six plays for 80 yards, touchdown. Yeah, I'd say that uh, he should have been pretty relaxed at that point. Yeah. Well, I, he'll he'll play well in Dublin on Saturday. I would go ahead and bet that. I'm just not a big um, I'm not a big neutral site game guy. And I, this is not a non-conference game. It's a conference well, it's the game. Worst. But yeah, I mean, home and home is where it's at. That that's where you truly capture the best atmospheres. Like I don't understand. And, and there's some neutral site games that I just don't get. Why why do we have Oregon and Georgia playing in Atlanta? It makes no sense to me. Why would we not just go an hour down the road, play it in Athens between the hedges, and then the year after that or next year, whatever, Georgia can go to, to Eugene. I, I, that's how it should be. Why, why are Florida now, State and LSU playing in New Orleans? Played at Tiger Stadium, and then LSU can roll out to Tallahassee next season. Money. I guess these whoever sponsors those games won in those stadiums for, for whatever reason. I don't know. Let me ask you this. Is BYU in that game at Jerry's World, is that the only uh, neutral site, non-conference that OU's played well, in? Well, you're going to roll your eyes at the other one. Oh, Houston. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's right. And Forgot then they that. played Northwestern. They played Northwestern at Soldier Field, text line, in 97, was that? 
season opener. Well, did we lose that one too? But they got shut out. Teddy, um, if we were to put so together. So we're 0-3 in neutral site non-conference games. If we were Let's to, take note of that. If there was a reel of worst turnovers slash interceptions in OU history, there's a turnover that OU had in that 97 Northwestern game going into score that it'll – I'll find it. it. It'll blow your mind. It's, it's Brock Purdy-esque, this turnover. Who was playing quarterback? Was it uh, was it Fuente who made that throw? Text line can help me out with that one too. I saw Fuente the other day. What's he up to? He was in town recently. He's uh, I don't know. He's hanging out. He's uh, he's relaxing. He was in town checking out practice. Cincinnati. Cincinnati was also neutral in 2010. They played at they played that at Paul Brown Stadium where the Bengals play. Ah, so we won that one, right? Won, won that That's one. It, it, it was a close game. It was a very close game, but OU did in fact win that game. So they're they're on the board. Um, would OU, one and three. Would OU fans have any interest whatsoever in playing a game in Dublin? I. A, a very, very tiny, 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 tiny percentage of fans would say yes. And I mean very tiny. Uh, fans that are abroad and fans that can afford to go over there and take a trip overseas to not, watch it. Not a lot of people. Other than that, no. And even, like, I don't even think there would be a whole lot of fans that could afford to go over there that would want to go over there sure. for a football game. Yeah. I Look, could be wrong, I, but. I, I would love to go to Dublin. I hope I get to go to Dublin someday. But. Really? I could, I, yeah. No, yeah, dude, I'd go to Dublin. Are you kidding me? But I want to go to Dublin just to go to Dublin. I don't want to. And I love college football. It's my favorite sport. But at the same time, I want to enjoy Dublin for what it is, not go watch a college football game where 90% of the people in attendance don't even care about it. If I'm watching a uh, sporting event, when I'm in that area of the world, I'm watching guys throw those telephone poles end over end, <laughs> whatever that's called, the Scottish games. Yeah, That's what I'm doing. I'm not going to watch a football game. Though, if OU does ever play a game in Dublin, I will be the guy that walks in the stadium and says, y'all see any Coors Light in here? Knowing full well, it's probably just Guinness <laughs> inside the stadium. Yeah, they'll just wrap a Guinness in a Coors Light uh, can or something. Uh, yeah, that could be the problem, though. Uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of Oklahoma fans go over there and get drunk under the table by a bunch of Irish beer drinkers, uh, not be able to hold our weight at all. I bet the uh, I bet they allow. I would tail- say I'd say it's a dramatic no about. Uh, OU fans wanting to play a game in Dublin. I bet they allow tailgating in Dublin. Does that change anyone's mind? Ooh, too soon. I think it, you're actually too right. Too soon. I think that is too soon. <laughs> and they don't uh, – it would be called like – don't they – so they call like the trunk of the car the boot? Yes. I think. And I don't think anyone over there has pickup trucks. Right. Everyone here drives them as, like, the everyday driver. There's, like, one guy in town that has a pickup truck uh, overseas. Very rare. Let's see. Peyton says, I'd love a Guinness in a stadium, 
and then a couple of Irish car bombs. Jeez, you couldn't see straight by Dang. the second quarter. Man, you're going there to get messed up for the game. Ugh. You know, um, I don't mind Guinness. It's not my go-to, but I don't mind it. Teddy and Tyler would go to Dublin to go on a pub crawl. Um, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd do that. That'd be fine. Yeah. Golf over there is supposed to be really nice. And uh, worth a, uh, if you're over there and you're a fan of the sport, you have to take advantage. Someone, Probably incredibly expensive. We but. have a no hard pass meme that was just sent. No to double land, which that's definitely a voice-to-text situation there. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I can barely afford a game driving from Tulsa. That's Kendall. Let's see. Uh, most people are saying no. Some are saying yes, but most are saying no, absolutely not a game in Dublin. No, thank you. I wouldn't think so, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, it seems strange. I don't know why. I, I get the expanding the sport, but it, it's just, I don't know. It's so weird and random. Not a fan of it. But I'll watch it this weekend. I'll be watching on television. They'll be playing on a, a field with terrible grass that they're going to absolutely destroy. No one's going to be able to get good footing. It happens every single time they go over there and play games. But, oh, well. Little-known fact, people in the U.K. actually love American beer. I'm sure it's the same in Ireland. That's from the 918. Someone else, uh, 580, Teddy and Tyler rocking kilts in Ireland. I would have to drink a few Guinness uh, to be yeah. rocking the kilts. An OU kilt. Uh, uh, Mr. OU would be at the OU game in Dublin rocking an OU kilt. That I have no doubt. If you wear a kilt, are you – are you supposed to go commando? Because I feel like I'd go with the boxer briefs, you know. Uh, I feel like it's. I, I feel like you might as well go commando. I mean, at that point, you know, I mean, something bad's gonna happen when you combine Guinness <laughs> yeah. and Irish car bombs and a kilt. Like something's being shown that day, whether on purpose or accident. <laughs> Both. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I don't care if uh, Nebraska and Northwestern want to fly all the way. I, they're a 45-minute flight away from each other, but they're going to fly 15 or 18 hours or however far it is overseas to play, which, you know, it's like Coach Stoop said, Nebraska and Kansas State rode on the same plane to go play in Japan, so <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't quite as bad as that, but, hey. You know, it's it's interesting too. Like the advantage of playing week zero. I mean, obviously the extra bye week that you get during the season. But the advantage to playing week zero, you get to start camp early, but you get to get into the flow of the season a week earlier than virtually everyone else. I feel like that's totally negated when you have that long flight back and you have to get right back in the swing of things because Nebraska doesn't have a bye week before they play OU. Like, they fly back and they play no. a crap opponent. I, I, that, that would be tough to North get. North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they come back and they're, they're playing North Dakota at home, and then they've got Georgia Southern. So, you're right. It, it seems like 
it's a taxing travel situation to kick the season off. And they don't have a bye week until, gosh, and they play, a, it looks like Rutgers is on a Friday night. They've got a short week game. Jeez. And they don't have a bye week until after they play Purdue. So they're, what, six, seven games in, including an overseas trip and a short week game before they have a bye week. By the way, um, just a little FYI here, text line is urging us that you do not order an Irish car bomb as a beverage while in Ireland or in the U.K. Apparently, that is a big no there, and they'll hate you for it, which yeah, I feel like they hate I can anyway, understand that. But. I can understand that. Yeah, the, uh, a really bad era. Was that like the 80s and 90s, early 90s when that, was, uh, when that was a big deal going on over there? Well, after watching three I, seasons I of Peaky Blinders, it felt like it started in about the 20s, right after World War One. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I guess what I'm remembering is there was some movie that I watched when I was a little kid uh, that had to do with that. Oh, gosh, I can't remember what it was. I don't know. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, yeah. He, yeah. Smart. Thank you for the text line. That's he, good. Uh, Unfortunately, I feel like uh, some Nebraska Northwestern uh, fans may have to learn that the hard way. So there's a lot of OU fans out there, and, and you can bond with other OU fans about this topic, but, like, man, you know, that trip back from Miami, as tough as it is, but, buddy, when you lose the championship game and you have to come back, oh, that's that's the longest trip of your life, whether you're driving or flying. Nebraska better not lose. I can't imagine that trip back for Scott Frost or the Nebraska fans that probably had to pay thousands of dollars to make that trip only to lose in week zero as a double-digit favorite and have that long trip back to Lincoln, Nebraska. That That is a tough trip back home if you lose on Saturday. You think they – you think they'd pull the uh, leave him on the tarmac like, uh, <laughs> like USC Kiffin. did to Kiffin, except yeah. leave him in, uh, I don't know, what's the airport over leave him, there? Leave him in Dublin. Cork. I, leave him in Cork down the road yeah. somewhere. I say leave him in Lawton, the uh, the UK Lawton, where we've got <laughs> uh, people listening over there right now. Where was that yesterday? Um, all right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on here from Bad Daddy's Burger Bar next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander Chevrolet of Norman, we are truly driven to serve every single one of us every single day. Getting good people on the road so they can go on to do great things. People just like you. Right now, explore huge savings on our best-selling new Chevy models like the all-new 2022 Tahoe and Silverado. Plus, we want to buy your car. There's OU head coach Britt Venables earlier today on ESPNU Radio saying, hey, if you want to be physical, well, you better practice that way. And there's some head coaches in the NFL. I know that this has certainly been a massive storyline in Denver this week about how, you know, they're not really being all that physical. They're not really going all that hard. The science says they want to take it light throughout training camp and be ready for the season. Britt Venables got the exact opposite approach. We got to be physical, and there's only one way to be physical and that's to do it in practice. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. 
that is, you know, there, there's some things that are, are new and analytical and, you know, you make, you make some of these decisions for the best interest of the players. And in a, in a lot of facets, those things are true. And, you know, just doing things the way it's always been done, you know, sometimes is an excuse to avoid change. But a lot of times there's, a, there's good reason, good backing, good basis for why things have always been done that way. And I think having a good, hard, physically tough training camp and physically tough practices and and you know going out there and practicing that way instead of trying to figure out a way to flip the switch in a game i think that's the way to do it now there's obviously a line of where where are you crossing the line of of getting the best out of it and doing too much to where it becomes a negative i mean there's obviously a line there um, you know, I'd say three-a-day practices like they used to do back in the day is probably a pretty distinct line that you, you probably shouldn't cross. But I think, I think given the requirements now for, for how much time that the players have to have off, I think pushing it and having those practices be as physical as possible is well within the, that, that guideline of, of not going overboard. Well. Wow. Regardless of if it's right or if it's wrong or how it works out, hearing that is music to OU fans' ears. Exactly what he said. Like, yeah. to make an emphasis to be more physical this year and to practice that way and to bring that whole mentality back to the program, I mean, more than anything, that's what they wanted with this new hire all the way back in December. And you got it. Right. You got exactly what you were looking for in that regard. No doubt. Um, but, but I the- had something here I wanted – yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. got something? I, I've got several things, actually, but get to yours, and okay. uh, we'll, we'll get to mine at some point. I, I wanted to get your take. I was looking at this, um, you know, Bill Connolly, ESPN, uh, does some really cool stuff for them analytically. And he looked at college football win totals. You know, he's got this algorithm that he puts together, and uh, it does pretty good, but a lot of the, the computer projection systems last year finished under 50% against the spread. Um, but his algorithm did really well in win totals. It beat the book 60% of the time. And in cases where there was a big separation, it won 74% of the time. So he did the same thing this year. And there's some really interesting things in there that I think uh, you'll find interesting as well. So he did it by conference, some of the best bets for win totals. The best bet for the SEC, according to, uh, to him and his algorithm, is Texas A&M under 8.5. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. I've been saying it all <laughs> offseason long. Yes, they are going to be a uh, maybe 8-4. and four. I think closer to 7-5, and five, though. I absolutely agree with that. He has it as a 62% chance that they finish with eight or fewer wins, uh, plus it's a, it's a plus 140 odds, which means uh, pretty good stuff. Um, now, Big 12 is interesting. 
best bet for the Big 12? Texas under seven and a half. Like that as well. You, we, you and I both like it. I said seven and five on Friday. You said six and six. Yep. And that's that's the best bet. The second best bet is Oklahoma over nine and a half. Um, and he even has West Virginia under five and a half. And they've got a they've got a tough schedule. We've talked about that. Um, but I thought that that was interesting. Texas A and M under eight and a half and Texas under seven and a half are the best bets. Top bets in each of their conferences as far as win total bets now we have made fun of bill conley before you know and, and yeah, some of the well, stuff that only he's put whenever out there. it looks bad on exactly Oklahoma. but now he's a genius and his formula is complete accurate because it backs up everything that we believe is going to happen but in all seriousness when you have a formula like this and, and a lot of those i do roll my eyes at but at least in his he's not just doing what everyone else is doing we heard from summy at the top of the show today, Kevin Sumlin, and his is like, well, you lose Caleb Williams, a lot of those guys go out west, it's going to be tough to replace. Like, that's the narrative around OU, that they just lost all this. How are they going to be able to replace it? No one talks about what they actually brought in. Like, they brought in some really good players, and I'm not just talking about transfer portal guys, and I don't know if there is any sort of a, you know, any, any way that you can measure true freshman impact, but OU's going to have transfer portal and true freshman impact that's going to be significant this year. Right. Oh, and speaking to that, um, Caleb Williams going to USC, what do you think the best bet in the Pac-12 is for win total? USC under uh, 15.5 wins, because I'm sure 15.5 is their (laughs) over-under in Vegas this year. USC under 9.5 is the best bet, bet, period, win, win total, in uh, all of the Pac-12, so there you go. All of the all of the off-season hype teams, A&M, Texas, USC. He's got them as the top bets under their projected win totals. I don't know. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is linked at all, but I, I went back today and I was um, trying to find out the last time that OU finished higher in the AP poll than where they started. Now, granted, it's a little bit difficult to do that when you start off 2, 5, 4, 7, 7, 3 since 2016, yeah. right? When do you think – a, a couple of interesting things happened. No, it was actually 2019. No, excuse me. It would have been uh, 2018, the last time they finished better than where they started. Last year, huh. they, they uh, started number 2 in the AP, AP poll, finished number 10. 2020 started number five, finished number six. 2019, they started number four, finished seven. 2018, they started number seven and finished number four. 2017, they started number seven again and finished at number three. 2016, started at number three, finished at number five. 2015, started at number 19, finished at number five. So as I look back, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven consecutive years. A lot of things have happened in those seven years. You had a coaching change in that seven years, a ton of quarterback change, uh, a firing of a defensive coordinator. I mean, a lot of things. OU hasn't finished outside of the postseason AP top ten during that time. So why am I to believe that all of a sudden 
that they're just going to completely fall off the map and you're one of Brent Venables. Right, especially whenever they've got a lot of good things going their way right now. And and they didn't lose all of their good players. Right, exactly. Contrary to popular belief. And they lost some popular players, but and you you already touched on the point that they've uh, they've added guys as well just like everyone else has. Everyone loses and adds in college football. It's a yearly thing. Um, Caleb Williams is all, always brought up, right? But right after Caleb Williams yep. is, oh, yeah, and then you got to throw Mario Williams in there too. And Mario Williams was ranked 100 overall, like the 100th overall best player in college football this year by ESPN. I uh, And there's no real way to prove this, so maybe it goes down as a hot take. Just after what we saw now, last year. Now, hang on year, a second. Yeah. Let me ask you something. They ranked him the 100 best player like that's heading into this season or at the end of last season? They think right because now. Because he was not at the end of last season. They think right There's now no he's the 100th best player in college football is how they ranked it. And, yeah, I'm like you. I, okay. I thought that there's no way. And maybe this goes down as a hot take because we probably won't really be able to prove it. But if he stays and everything around here stays the same, I think he'd be fighting for playing time right now over these two freshmen that, that just showed up a few months ago. You know, it's it's hard to say. I I was he was our our fourth leading receiver last year. He had 380 yards receiving. Um, I was just I I was never blown away by him. He's you know he's small, he's shifty, he's got some good shake, but I don't know. I guess I was I was left wanting more pretty much all season so that's why i'm curious as to like did he get ranked number 100 because that's really what they believe or did they rank him there because he went to usc the latter like if he was at oklahoma would they be no. ranking him as the number 100 player nope you know that right and you know i all i say all that full well saying like i don't know what his his projection is like maybe he's going to be fantastic this year at USC. And at best, he's going to be the number two a, receiver. I mean, he ain't going to be better than Jordan Addison. Well, I guess you never know. I, I, I'm with you that I wouldn't project that to be the case, but I guess you never know how things unfold. But I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's always a, it's always a dangerous road to go down whenever you're projecting a guy to be great in college football that hasn't done it yet and is undersized even for his position wide receiver. He made you know, a couple of nice those, those, plays those, last those, year, but I to think he's the 100th best player in college football this year, that is a, that's a take, but it's all because he was at USC. I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. And maybe he, he is allowed to have a great year this year. Even I can acknowledge that. And if USC is what everyone yep. thinks that they're going to be this year, even if he's the number two receiver, then he could still be a top 100 player. But I just don't think any of those things are going to happen. I don't think USC is going to be the offense everyone thinks, and I don't think that he's going to be a top 100 player this year. I think far from that, actually. Where do you think their offense ends up being ranked? Well, statistically, it'll be ranked 
probably pretty high just because they're in so many shootouts. Their defense is going to be tough. They're, they're going to have to go up and down the field with virtually everyone they play. But even with those high numbers, I think there's going to be a lot. I, I think the interception number from Caleb Williams is going to be very high this year. Very high this season. So they'll score yeah. points, and their average points per game and yards per game, their yards per game is going to look great, man. They'll, they'll move the ball in between the 20s, I think, just fine. But I think he's going to play very similar to what he did last year, especially behind a shaky O-line. There's going to be a ton of turnovers from that dude. And, in fact, he may be – I wouldn't be shocked if he has, like, one of the highest turnover numbers in all the Pac-12 next year. Yeah. You know something that's interesting? USC had the highest ranked offense in the Pac-12 last year. I never would have guessed that. For yards for yards per game. And they were just behind Nebraska. Jeez. That's but how bad the Pac-12 they were, was last year. Yeah, they were the number one offense. But they were ahead of Oklahoma. My just barely, but let's see, by two yards a game, they were ahead of Oklahoma, but... Yeah, that was they were the number one team in the uh, in the in the Pac-12, and it's got to be maybe number thirty or so. Yeah, in the country as far as yards per game, I'm guessing thirty, maybe high twenties. So not a lot of offense going on out there in the Pac-12, which makes me wonder if it's going to be hard for Lincoln to get to that style of game. You know? Oh, well, the to be blueprints ranked, out. To have a high-ranked offense. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I mean, it's. I think Oregon State could probably be a team that could muck it up with them. I, I, Utah can definitely do that. There's going to be a lot of teams that I think. UCLA, not so much. I don't think Chip Kelly knows how to do that. That'll be a track meet. But there's some teams that will say, nah, you're playing at our, our, at our pace today. Yeah. No, no, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush. Coming up, hanging out at Bad Daddy's Burger Bar. A bunch of great deals going on here. Uh, They've always got something for everyone. You can create your own salads, create your own burgers. 11 different patty options to switch out on any different burger. And they offer $5 house beers and wine all day, every day. And that's an even better reason to come visit on game days. Uh, They've got 11 TVs in here. Really fun game day atmosphere. So, Keep Bad Daddy uh, Burger Bar in mind whenever you're watching sports. We'll be back. It is The Rush, live on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is... First, quick shout-out to our friends over at Rooftech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there, does a fantastic job, can handle any of your roofing needs. Um, I guess the first thing to start with, Jordan Addison, you know, there was a bunch of rumors that he was upset about how the NIL situation was going at USC. Like there was a bunch of promises that uh, weren't being met and announced a big NIL deal, I guess it was today, that's whenever I saw it, uh, United Airlines, which that's a big deal. And I guess their their little punchline is uh, they've got new routes coming, and I guess they're going to be routes that you can 
you can take that they're going to be having like for um, for game days for like Alabama's game at Texas, Washington State's game at Wisconsin, uh, Oklahoma playing at Nebraska. Uh, so they've added some of those flights, which is kind of a cool deal. But Jordan Addison getting uh, an NIL deal, Tyler. Yeah, no, they uh, they did announce new routes, and like every other airline, your flight will be canceled the day of, and you will be rerouted across the country trying to make your destination like everyone else this summer. I have uh, heard uh, many of uh, horror stories this summer of people getting their flights canceled or, you know, redirected, whatever, at the last second. Yeah, sorry. We know we were supposed to land in Lincoln, but we've been diverted to Chicago O'Hare. <laughs> <laughs> yep. don't, don't joke yep. about that. That's going to happen to some people now. That'd be awful. I know. Sorry about that. Um, how about this? Uh, Kirby Smart enjoyed the run as the highest-paid football coach in all of college football for, I guess, a little over a month. Uh, Nick Saban has just been given a bump to $11.7 million a year, Tyler. This contract, uh, they added a year onto it as well, runs through 2029 Nick Saban will be 78 years old uh, whenever this contract is due to be up. I'm guessing it'll be renewed after next year and add a year after that as well, but uh, $11.7 million a year. Yeah, and I, I love that clause in his contract where if someone else is the highest-paid head coach in the country, he automatically gets a new deal. He is going to coach every single one of these eight years, $93 million over the next eight years. He'll coach every single one of those years and then some. I'm convinced of it. No doubt. It's crazy. Um, he is the highest paid coach in college football at $11.7 million a year. And I, for, for what it is and for what others are paid, his, um, his competition or – you know, other coaches across the country. I think everyone, or not everyone, but most people would agree that he's underpaid. No, he is underpaid. Right? <laughs> most underpaid head coach in college if football you, right now. Yeah, if you compare him to whatever, like the others around him are making and what their accomplishments are, it ain't even close. So, uh, yeah, and the last thing I had was I hated to see this. Chase Young um, for the Washington football team. He's on the pup list. I love watching this dude play. Had the ACL last year. I was hoping he was going to be ready for the start of the regular season. He's going to miss the first four games at least. Mm. Well, I'll start with even worse news. Uh, Tom Herman is coming to a college football game near you because he's going to be an analyst this year. He will be calling the North Texas SMU game in week one. That's right. The former Texas head coach who made fun of Drew Locke during the middle of the bowl game flipped off the cameras of the Longhorn Network and had other clownish behavior, will be on your TV this fall and offering unbelievable commentary such as this. So, can't wait for Tom Herman to make the rise in the broadcast <laughs> industry. Okay, do you, honestly here, for a second, put aside the, uh, the jokes and making fun of him, do you think he'll do a good job? No, I think he'll do terrible. Um... I think he thinks he has a great personality when he really doesn't. <laughs> and I think everyone's going to watch him and say, yeah, he's the D that I thought he was. I don't think it's going to go over all that well. Okay. 
right, we'll see. We'll see. Noted. Um, McDonald's has a new menu item. Now, I want you to picture it here. Oh. Picture the Big Mac, right? Everyone knows, I think, what the Big yeah. Mac looks like. But instead of meat patties, they are working on chicken patties, a chicken Big Mac. And the burger community is not dealing very well with it right now. Could I interest you in a chicken Big Mac or anyone else by chance? That, no, that's stupid. Uh, just flat out, no. That's the no. No, I'm I'm not getting a chicken Big Mac. <laughs> I'm not getting a Big Mac. Uh, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. They already have How a chicken long did it sandwich. take him to come up with this idea? Yeah, can you imagine that meeting where someone said, "Hey, I've got an idea on the Big Mac instead of uh, beef patties." We do chicken. Sounds like their creative team all got high one night out. and just made up this. Like, hey, yeah. how awesome would it be if we put chicken uh, on there, the McChicken, instead of the, the meat? Well, no, it actually sounds like one of the cooks at one of the restaurants got high and actually put the chicken <laughs> on top of the Big Mac instead of uh, uh, the beef patties, and, and that's how it happened. And I'm hoping that's exactly what happened. That would be great. Uh, last one I have, <laughs> there's a rendering out for a new stadium in Miami for the U. Now, I got to say, yeah. as much as I hate Miami and as much as I dislike it, the renderings of this new stadium, it's incredible. 60,000 seats, very unique architecture on the stadium. It would definitely stand out. And the rendering is completely accurate, Teddy, because just like in real life, this rendering has no fans in the stands. And it doesn't matter if they play at Hard Rock Stadium or wherever they play or build a new stadium. It does not matter. No one's going to come to Miami games. So it's awesome to see what a mock-up of a new stadium would be like with no fans in the stands. Yeah, the best part of it would be uh, if the Miami Hurricanes built their new football stadium like near Jacksonville, Florida. Because Hard Rock Stadium is nowhere near anything in Miami. So they go play out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the best part about it was, would be if it was right there close. Is it going to be close to campus uh, where the Orange Bowl was? Doubt, I, I don't know, but I'm going to guess it's very doubtful that they're going to be able to find that. Uh, by the way, side note, uh, the 30 for 30 about the University of Miami happened to be on the other night, so I caught quite a bit of that. Just to kind of refresh myself on the early days of the U, pretty interesting. Yeah, a lot of uh, OU in there, especially with Brian Bosworth. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you develop any hate while watching what else that? We got? Surely you develop some hate? No, not really. I just thought it was really interesting. I thought, um, I, I, I just, I didn't know like how that that era in the '80s just kind of took that area by storm. And uh, have, like listening to some of the players talking about like getting into clubs and stuff, and how they were the biggest deal going. I was like, yeah. Whenever they killed that, they killed the football program in the early two thousands. Yeah, they did. <laughs> La- last one I have, real quick, before we hit a break. Uh, Gary Gaines, who was the actual coach of Odessa Permian, like you know the movie Friday Night Lights that was based off Odessa Permian. Yeah. Um, he he died last night, unfortunately. Mm. So. Yeah, I saw that today. Sad news. 
didn't know him, but I did meet him. Tyler, he was he was at the the OU football camp I went to the summer before my senior year of high school. That's awesome. I can't believe you remember that though. I got to meet him. I yeah, I had just read that book. Uh, maybe a year or two before that. You read a book in so high school? Like, uh, oh, that's the upset of the century. Yeah. Huh. I know. It's a football book. That's the only reason. <laughs> you know? But uh, awesome book. Really cool. That that Have you ever read that book? No, I've, just, I've seen the movie 25 times, but like everything else oh dude it said you the would book love is better the book. but the book is better than the movie yes like every 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 other well yeah because it's legit there's like a reporter that like sat in with him for a year and documented everything it's awesome all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we'll wrap up hour number two next Citra Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bring you hour number two of the rush live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Tell me if this means anything to you at all. Sark uh, was asked about Quinn Ewers yesterday, and he said, quote, naturally we're going to have some growing pains. Not only are we relatively young at quarterback, we're a relatively young team. We've got to do a really good job as a staff of trying to put our players in a position to learn from the tough situations and try to do that in practice. Anything? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, that that sounds about like what I would expect um, a coach to say about that team. I mean, that's that's about what I think is, is going to happen. Whenever you've got a freshman quarterback, uh, you've got freshmen across the offensive line, it's going to be a work in progress. There's going to be some growing pains. Hundred percent. That's why I think it's dumb whenever people come out and say that they're going to win the Big Twelve. That's the hit. What he's saying is kind of in line with what what I think about the team is kind of best case scenario. Sure. You know. Yeah. Roshan Johnson is uh, back at practice though. He's going to be their number two back. He's been there, got seemingly forever. And I'm going to guess at some point they're really going to need him this year, especially if uh, Bijan yeah. decides to opt out in October after they have three losses. No doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour here from Bad Daddy's Burger Bar next.